This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Open our Bibles now to Jeremiah chapter 1. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, and I pray, God, that now you will speak to us. God, I I know in the last two services you've done great things, and I know you're going to do great things in this service. Lord, I feel like you've protected this time of the Word this morning. You've been gearing everything toward this moment. Now speak to us and change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 7. I want you to notice this, uh, this passage. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 7 says, But the Lord said unto me, notice this, Say not. Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Obviously King James Version here, but what, notice that first part again. But the Lord said unto me, What? Say All right, come on. The Lord said unto me, say not. not. Don't say this. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, having the power to speak the right words. Having the power to know what you should say and what you shouldn't say. As a matter of fact, I have learned if I lead off any comment with, I probably shouldn't say this, I probably shouldn't say it. Come on, amen. All right, so we're going to talk about the power of our words, the power of the tongue, the power of things. But in order to understand where we are, we're realizing that this is an unintentional series, but it's a two-part series apparently on on kibosh. I remember kibosh from from last week. All right, we talked about how that that the Hebrew word for subdue, the Hebrew word for conquer, is kibosh. And it's sort of like that Batman, you know, fighting. Remember the pow? And, and somebody sent me a, a picture this week, said they found those. They couldn't find Kabash and it needed to have been there. Well, guess what? We need to learn the power of that Kabash moment in our lives because we were created to win. And honestly, I can't think of a better weekend to illustrate this message than this weekend. Because yesterday, we were glued to about four big games on the TV. Some of you were there. Yeah. And you know what? You didn't want your team just to win. You wanted your team to kabash. You wanted them to annihilate the other team. I know some of you, you were drooling at whatever game that was. You wanted them to win. I told Charlie, I said, Charlie, our team, I was the last game of the day. I said, our team's going to be ahead 21 to nothing at halftime. 21 to nothing at halftime. And sure enough, halftime, they were winning 21 to nothing. I fell asleep at halftime. I was out from it. I I was like, I had faith in my team. Listen to that. Come on, amen. But what will happen if your team is not kabashing? Grown men whose wife can't get them to get up and do anything around the house will leap from their chairs. (laughs) Scream at a box on the wall. Come on! You can do this! Kill! Kill! Because we want to win. Now, wanting to win is natural. 
conquering. It's, it's in our DNA. It's, it's part of who we are. And, and, I, and I was kind of joking earlier, but it really was the point that I want to make in the service. And our staff, we've got a staff that likes to win. But we, I, I don't want to tell you, we've got some that like to take it overboard. And I don't really want to name the staff, but one of them is Pastor Danny. <laughs> Pastor Danny doesn't play any game that he doesn't want to win. I mean, you know, it's like like if you sit down for lunch and they've got those little pegboard things, you know, you're really only competing against yourself, but he'll find a way to turn that into something where he can win. And I'm like, Danny, it's just a game. And he's like, no, it was made to be conquered. It was. Am I, am I exaggerating? Arlene's like, you're right, 100%. It was made to be beaten. And so I, I want to talk to you about the point that you were not made to lose. You were made to win in every aspect of your life. You were made to, to, to kibash, literally, because in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 28, it says, go into all the world and subdue, kibash. Go, go beat that thing down. Go conquer the world. And, and we have conquered the world in so many ways. We've taken nature and we've channeled the rivers and we've, we've taken the power of the energy of the earth and we've, we've harnessed that and, and we've kibashed upon the earth, but we struggle with one part of nature and that's human nature. There's parts of our own lives that we struggle with. And I want to share with you the struggle that's probably the greatest for all of us right now. Get ready for this is the part we need to beat the most. James chapter three, verse number three. Here we go. Brace yourselves. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. We kibash it. We, we, that's literally one of the definitions for kibash is to break the colt. We had somebody leave church last Sunday and they'd gotten a new horse on Saturday night, didn't know what to name it, and they went home and named it kibash. I thought that was pretty cool. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna win this battle. We're gonna conquer together. Then it says, and a small rudder, this is physics, a small rudder can make a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. It's true. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body... The tongue is a flame of fire. How many of you know that what you say can get you into trouble? It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. If you want to conquer and you want to become a conqueror, there's some places that you need to start. And one of the key places you need to start is with what you say. Because when we allow our tongue to run rampant, it will reveal the condition of our heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Scripture says. From what's in here is coming out here. All right? Let me just deal with that a little bit more. When a child has sick, you say, fill and see if they have a fever because the fever lets you know the temperature, lets you know if they're fighting an infection. Right? There's some way to tell. It's just as true. What you speak reveals what's happening inside of here. What you speak out gives you a temperature gauge of how your heart is doing. It's truth. Because when we allow our hearts to get in a wrong place, our mouths are going to show that. If you speak negative, then your heart's at a critical place. 
If you speak failure, then your heart's at a defeated place. Come on now. I've got word on this. Luke chapter 6, verse number 45 says it this way. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Wow. God's wanting to speak to us. God's wanting to change something about our lives today. Here's been the neat thing about the first two services today. When I've been through, I've been like, I know that I've obeyed God. I know that God has spoken to us because God has given clear revelation on these passages. But as I was preparing this message, I, you have to understand that we are created to win. We are created to conquer. But for us to conquer, for us to win, we have to start somewhere. And the Lord, I was like, Lord, I don't want to use Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 3, but I felt very strongly to take us there. Ephesians chapter 5, 3 through 8 actually says this. says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. I have had one amen in all three services when I started reading these passages. Look, live holy. Such sins have no place among God's people. What that's saying is very plain. If you're not living in the confines of what God defined purity and, and, and sexuality as, then you need to find out what those are and you need to move into those. That's what the Bible says. But I don't want to stand upon a soapbox that even the world expects us to stay on. I want you to see the next part of this. Verse number four. This is a nicer version. It says obscene stories. Actually, it's probably more better translated cursing. Cursing, foolish talk, and dirty jokes. These are not for you. I'm preaching truth. Cursing, foolish talk, dirty jokes. This is not what the believer is supposed to do. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, no impure, no greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey. Don't participate in these things people do, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. What it's saying is you need to let God change you so much on the inside that it begins to manifest on the outside. Amen. Now we can stand up here and I can preach about sexual immorality all day long, but let me just, just sum that one up for you. You know if it's right or wrong. Amen. That's just simple. But too many Christians are preaching on that verse and ignoring verse number five, that your mouth ought to reveal if you're saved or not. Don't make me come amen myself. Amen. What you say ought to let people know if you're really serving Jesus or not. The believer should not, verse number four, should not use obscene stories, cursing, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. Some of you are going, Pastor Don, I, I want you to tell me how good I am today. Look, look, I've not come to tell you how bad you are. I've come to tell you that in Christ, you can overcome every stronghold of the enemy in your life. Amen. You can win this thing. 
Pastor Don, that's how I've always been. Well, I'm going to deal with that in just a moment. But I want you to get this today. That we measure how we're doing in our heart by the words of our mouth. If you want to have a spiritual checkup, have you seen that device you plug in your car and it tells you what's wrong with your car? If you want to plug that into your life, listen to how you're talking. Listen to what you're saying. Listen to what you're comfortable saying. And, and begin to live. Let me just tell you, let me just sum this verse up for you. Don't say anything that can't be said anywhere. Does this refer to cursing? Completely. I just, some men gathered around me at the end of last service and we were talking about that. And, and, and I was like, instead of saying bleep, 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 and bleep, just when you get angry, just insert the word kabash. Oh, kabash. <laughs> Nobody will know what you're talking about anyways, right? I'm going to beat this thing. Just, just allow yourself to begin to change. Allow God to begin to work on you. God to begin to do something different in you. Because it's not just cursing that God's wanting to change to talk about. It also helps us deal with the way we deal with others. If you can't say something good, then you probably shouldn't say anything at all. This could also be the way that you speak about the people that you love. For example, if you're going to talk behind your spouse's back, it should be bragging. Amen. It should be bragging about them. Your spouse ought to know that they can trust you by what's coming out of your heart. So how are we going to kabash our tongue? How are, how are we going to pull all this into place, all right? Well, we find the answer in Jeremiah chapter number one. You ready for this? This is deep now. Get ready. What do you do to bring your tongue under control? Jeremiah 1, 7 gives us that in two words. Say not. I could just finish the sermon right there. Don't say it. For lack of a better, stop it. Stop talking that way. Make up your mind. You're going to not speak the words that you know a believer should not be speaking. The phrases, the negativity, the criticism. I was sitting right there, standing right there worshiping, and God made me deal with some people that I want to say negative things about while I was worshiping this morning because I knew I had to preach this in this service. I was like, I want to tell this, this and this. And I thought, how could you have that in your heart and go preach that? God, forgive me for what I want to say. Vengeance is not mine, it's yours. You deal with this. God, you clean us up. Because listen to me carefully, whatever you verbalize, you give power to. You've got to be careful what you're saying. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to guard your life. When you voice negative thoughts, you are reinforcing what's wrong. Literally, some of us are speaking our failures and shortcomings into reality. We have told ourselves and others for as long as we can remember. We've made this phrase, and I'm just sick of this phrase. Well, that's just how I am. No, that's how you were. Do you really believe the Word of God that says that you become not a redone creation, but a new creation in Christ Jesus? You might have been that person in the past, but in the power of the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, that's not who you are anymore. I don't care if your family's been that way for 16 generations by the blood of Jesus Christ. It can stop in your generation and you can be made new. Amen. I believe that today. Amen. Well, I'm too old or I'm too young. Hogwash. Can we say that? This is Dawsonville, right? 
That's not God's plan. That is not who God created you to be. And and let me just say this one. You go, well, I always. Are you dead? I mean, that's not a hard question. If you're hearing me now, you can change. You can go through a radical change in your life. Why? Because Jesus is working inside of you. Jesus is wanting to work in your life. He's wanting to change who you are. He's wanting you to go to be something different. But every time God starts showing up and says, I can set you free from that, we go, but God, you don't understand. It's sort of like when God showed up with Moses. God said, Moses, from a burning bush that wouldn't be consumed. He says, Moses, I want you to be the one. And what was Moses' response? I stutter. I can't do this. So what did God say? This is Don Allen version. Well, then let your brother do the talking. But do you know how many times his brother had to talk for him? Zero. Because God said, I know what I'm doing. It's the same principle in Jeremiah 1. It's the same principle we see here starting in verse number 4. Many of you have seen this verse on walls and you've heard, seen it on cards and people you know, on plaques and things. But, but God shows up to choose Jeremiah and listen to what he says to Jeremiah. Then the Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. See, this verse is popular. Before you were born, God speaking, I set you apart and I appointed to you, or appointed you as my prophet to the nations. God says, look, I've been playing this. I've been developing you all along for this. I got you. And what's the very first thing Jeremiah says? Oh, sovereign Lord, I can't. I can't speak for you because I'm, I'm too young. God says, I got you right where you're supposed to be, doing right what you're supposed to be doing. I, I've developed you the way you're supposed to be developed. You can do this. I put you in the right situations, in the right places, in the right connections. You can win. You can do this. And the first thing we say is, oh, no, 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 you don't understand how, how bad I am or how, how young I am or how, how unequipped I am. or how. And God says, don't say that. Amen. Now, I've got some notes and a really good message right there for a moment more, but I'm just going to venture off here on this rabbit trail for just a moment. I'm going to tell you, it's time for you to stop declaring the defeat of the enemy over your life. God shows up and says, I chose you to be a light in the darkness. I chose you to be a city that that people can see. I chose you to be someone who others can follow to Christ. And you start saying, but you don't understand. I'm this and I'm that. And I want to give you the same words God gave to Jeremiah. Stop saying that. Stop talking that way. Stop speaking in failure. Stop speaking in negativity. Stop speaking in defeat and start believing the Word of God. Amen. Amen. you got to let God change who you are. Jeremiah, he said, I can't. God says, don't say that. We need to quit making excuses. I'm too young. I'm too old. I had the wrong parents. I've made too many mistakes. I I, I don't have the right education. I don't have the right experience. And and you need to become determined you're going to say the right thing in the right time in your life. And sometimes it's not going to be easy. Sometimes you're going to have to make, you're going to have to condition yourself and change yourself. I don't know if you know this or not, but the red light down at 453 was not put there by man's design. It was sent there as a tool of the devil himself. I'm telling you. 
for years, every time, because I have to come down 400 south and turn left on the 53 to come here. And for years, every time, I'm telling you, when I came pulling up to that light, every time I would pull up to that light, it was like he would count and say, one, two, three, turn, so Don can't go through. It would turn, I mean, it was like shorter. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And I would be sitting there and every morning I'd be like grabbing hold. I was, I'd be having like a hissy fit in the truck. Why do you turn every day on me? You can act all holy. You do the same stuff. And I'm just, I mean, I'm fuming. And by the time it so lit my fire, by the time I got here, my wick about to explode was pretty much gone. And one day I made a decision. No more. I'm not going to let that seat of the enemy <laughs> control me anymore. I'm going to kibosh it. Come on now, man. And so I said, if it stops me, the next time it stops me, which will be every time, I'm going I'm to have camp meeting in my car. I'm not talking about, thank you, Jesus. I'm talking about have church. In my, I'm talking about find some Holy Ghost music, put it on in my car and have church in my car. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have church in my car. And I began to create that environment in my car. And I'm, I mean, instead of, I'm going to, and I look over and people are like, what's wrong with him? Come on now, man. But I, I am standing in the pulpit of the living God right now. And I'm telling you, this is 100% the truth. It was like that light would not turn on me after that. After about five or six good praise sessions of that light, that light's like, Don's coming, stay green, stay green, stay green. Because I said, I'm going to sanctify the ground. I'm going to change the atmosphere. And I had to become determined to stop speaking the wrong thing and start speaking the right thing. And so what that, the beauty of Kabash is this, that God wants to bring you to a better place, that God wants, is calling you. He created you for it. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God created you to win. God created you to overcome. And instead of saying, well, I just, I've had this problem for 20 years. No, stop it. Come on. Stop speaking that defeat into your life. Start saying, I might still be struggling, but God's inside of me. And the God inside of me is going to cause it to manifest outside of me. And I'm going to change by the blood of the Lamb. Pastor Don, you might be taking this verse out of context. That's Satan himself inside of you talking to you. Come on now. I cast that devil off of you in Jesus' name. Pastor Don, I, you just want us to be holy. Yes, I do. Amen. I might not have a cursing problem, but I do have a negativity problem. See, I guess the question is, as we prepare to close today, the question is, what do you, what do you need to stop saying? One of our, our young staff members was talking with me, and he didn't know how much his, the conversation impacted me. He said that he and, and at that time his fiance, they, they had decided to go on a fast together and they decided to fast negative words. Could you imagine that? To fast negative words. Some of you are like, I wouldn't have anything to say. <laughs> Come on now. How would that change your job? And for months, they stopped fast, start, started fasting negative words. Only twice, twice during his fast did I think, you're not succeeding. And one of the two times, he said, oh, I can't be talking like this. What would happen to us if between now and the end of the year, we made that same kind of a fast? What do you need to stop saying? What do you need to stop saying to the people you love? 
What do you need to stop saying when you get angry and you act like you can't control yourself just because you're angry? What do you need to stop? Pastor Don, uh, we're supposed to celebrate this morning. I'm trying to give you a reason to celebrate when you realize that you're not who you once were anymore. And you realize that God has changed your life. And it's manifesting by what's coming out of your heart. It's showing. Now look, you can clean all this up and you can say just the right words and the right holy sound. First of all, first off, don't do that. And just be just as dark on the inside. But when you know what's coming out of you is criticism. I didn't say this in any of the other services, but I, I just this story came to my mind this morning. I'll never forget this one or it's actually happened twice now, but this one particular situation, that these children came to me. They were, they were young adults, and they came to me, and they, they said, Pastor, we're, we're struggling. And I said, okay, well, tell me what's going on. And they said, we're not perfect. And they said, we have sat at the, the dinner table with our parents and heard them tear down everybody we know, and heard them criticize everybody in the church, including you, Pastor. And... We don't want to be their topic of conversation. How do I not be their topic of conversation? Because I'm not perfect. That family needed this message. If you've been creating false standards around your home that are speaking into your children in negative ways, you need to don't say that anymore. You need to stop. If you've been saying things about others that aren't encouraging and building up, you need... Pastor Don, this is, is this really Christianity? This is real Christianity. That what's happening on the inside of you starts manifesting on the outside of you. Because God's wanting to speak to you. So what words should you stop? What should you replace with a kibash? Because if we can subdue our tongue, we can change the direction of our lives. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now. Thank you.